You see that with your $12 brunch and your damn mimosas? Hey, <laughs> we're back. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about how like that is like a very, uh, everybody in my family does that, that like, hey, or like, oh, oh, that, that type of, oh, do you know, I've tried to use that to express a what the fuck notion to people. And it just does not come across in text message at all that, oh, because it's usually <laughs> it comes before what the fuck are you doing? True. I feel like also if you're not in that realm, like every everybody knows when someone says it, what it means. But if you're not in this realm, it's just not going to land. Also, like via text message, like oh, I just, just feel like that's not going to land. Yeah. It just, when you send it, it to me, it works if it helps. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's that's really all I want. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It, it just reads as like, a oh, and it's like, no, I'm calling no. you out for yeah. like, what the fuck did you just tell me? <laughs> um oh like we're walking here like yeah I always, that's, how, that's how I always think of it yeah so what sometimes I would hear it like outside my window and I would immediately run to the window to see who's being stupid <laughs> it's like the sound of a car like a car alarm or like a slamming door it's just like <laughs> one of the things you just run to your window to see like what's going on outside oh my god I know I I stupidly did that once when I lived in Queens and I heard gunshots at like three in the morning what like don't be stupid. You don't run to the window when you hear gunshots. <laughs> you get on the floor. Like, oh, oh, Queens. Oh, Queens. We love it. Uh, <laughs> um, Anna, what's going on? How are you, Cola? What, can you believe it? Week three, baby. I know. I'm loving it. Uh, same, same. This is, I, so for everyone oh, listening, yeah. I definitely think that it needs to be said that we got a few shout outs to give. First off, to every single one of you who are listening. Um, Cole and I are just so overwhelmed with gratitude and appreciation for you. Like when we started talking about doing something like this, we really just, honestly, we were doing it because we make each other laugh so much that we were just kind of like, Hey, do you want to laugh for a couple of hours once a week together? Uh, and all of a sudden it's like so many text messages of people, you know, already saying like quoting us and, and laughing at our stuff and being like, Oh, this is so relatable. This is so amazing. And we just want to say thank you so much. Please, please continue to listen. Like um, your words of affirmation, especially me, it's my love language means everything to me. Um, and yeah, we just want to thank you so much. And, and Cola, can you, can you please do a major shout out to the beautiful artist for the two broads from Brooklyn? Yes. My beautiful girlfriend, uh, Janelle Turley is the artist that, do, that did our logo uh, mm-hmm. That beautiful cover art you see that she captured our eyebrows so perfectly. Oh. Uh, so I just want to give her a shout out and uh, say that if you like the art and you just want to support uh, awesome queer artists, you can uh, find her at JanelleTurley.art on Instagram mm-hmm. and basically go from there. Uh, yeah, oh. it's also linked in every... Um, in every podcast episode, if you're following on iTunes, the little blurb has the uh, her Instagram handle spelled out there. So uh, y'all can just copy and paste that and find all her cool fucking yeah. shit. So fucking um, talented. Yes, yes. And uh, she she really did capture our eyebrows, which if anybody knows, like not only are Italians known for their well-defined features, especially around hair, uh, 
my eyebrow my eyebrows are arguably the most important thing that I I have on my body and I yes. recognize as a woman that could be a little problematic but I truly value my eyebrows so much so the fact that she captured them so perfectly and like made them a feature for us just like made my soul so happy I made it a point to say like do like that type of style but please leave the eyebrows because I do <laughs> And also because I, the picture I sent her for reference when she was working on this, um, I had showed that to one of my friends that didn't know you, uh, Anna, but I showed it to her and she was like, my God, she was like, if you didn't tell me that you were like friends, I would assume you were related. So yeah. there's some truth behind that town with only 200 people in it. I was, was going to say, we probably are. Like, if you go back far enough, probably. Yeah, like I'm sure we are distant something. But that's kind of cool, though, when you think about it. But yeah, she did amazing. Thank you all so much for listening. We're so happy to be here with you again. And yeah, just just please keep listening. Keep subscribing. And and if y'all even the- through, through ratings uh, our way on yeah. iTunes, which thank you. That's great. Uh, yep. we're, we're five stars, motherfucker. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> This is probably the only time in my life I've been five stars for anything. So I'm going to ride this high as, as long as possible. But all right. So yeah, Cola, let's do this. What do we got going on tonight? All right. So today we're going to talk about some iconic New York TV shows or ones that like maybe, uh, well, they're iconic for sure in their own right, but also that kind of, I think, spoke to us when we were mm-hmm. growing up because they were mm-hmm. pretty popular. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, and also this kind of got spurred on by that, uh, that, what was it, that poll or that thing that was go- going on on Twitter, like, a couple months back, where they were just like, um, what's the better New York show, Seinfeld or Friends? And for oh. me, pers- personally, there is no competition. I think, Anna, you feel the same way. It's, <laughs> it's Seinfeld. There is no, Seinfeld is peak New York show, like, Friends. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> what I, I do not feel the same way for i'm team friends all of the way um get out yep dead, dead ass so if, right, yeah this is gonna this is gonna be a good episode like we we clearly have some thoughts let's let's definitely get into it um like cola said these are these i i like frame it as like the new york shows that shaped us in right. some way um and, and so when we started talking about doing this episode, besides the fact that clearly you're team Seinfeld and I'm team friends, but um, <laughs> before doing this episode, we, I think it's really important that we recognize, like, we're going to get into a few shows that are from, you know, the nineties and the early, early two thousands, but these are shows for their time. And, you know, you mentioned Twitter being like a place where the debate came out, but a lot of the times you'll also see on Twitter, like people critiquing these shows, right? Like, oh, they're they're wildly racist, they're homophobic, there's no representation of LGBT, uh, like identifying people or, right, like, it's just a bunch of white people drinking coffee in a lot of these shows or going to brunch. And And that is 100% correct. These shows do not, they act as though there are no black people or people of color in New York, which obviously we know is insane and right. Right. Like these are not, and I think that's so important, like these are not accurate representations of New York, right? Like they are not very diverse. They are not racially represented and they're not the most accurate depiction ever. If anything, as much as we love these shows, we also kind of fucking hate them because I think on some degree they are why New York like became such like a, that's where I want to go and live and, and, and be like, 
you know, Carrie Bradshaw, or I want to be like whoever, right? Like it, you, you fucking ruined our city because of these TV shows to some degree, but you see that um, with your $12 brunch and your damn mimosas. <laughs> right. Like you fucking ruined a perfectly good thing, bitches. But I think, uh, what we also want to say is like, these are shows for their time, right? Like they would not ever last today and they shouldn't no. be here today. Right. Because as we've evolved in these conversations around like social justice and whatnot, um, I like to say that when we know better, we should do better. And right. So now that we have these, now that we know what we know, these shows shouldn't have been created today to some degree. Um, or so, yeah. if they were going to exist today, they should be wild. They should look wildly different. Correct. Um, you know, and I, I think you said it perfectly. I love that, uh, you know, we know better, so we should do better. So yes, right. we're, uh, but we did want to acknowledge that up top because we know we're two, uh, you know, white women even though mm -hmm. i identify as queer i'm still a white woman yeah. um so you know we understand you know we just want to address that that we know that this is not representative of like you know a lot of people don't see themselves in these shows and that's fair definitely all right so you seinfeld the ultimate new york show yes say say more <laughs> <laughs> oh but i will um <laughs> So when I think of, because look at the, the people at Seinfeld, the way I look at like iconic New York characters is like, mm -hmm. these people are like, ah, you relate to them. And I feel like New Yorkers can relate to them. And even if maybe you're not a New Yorker, you can relate to them on that level of like, they're just fucking curmudgeons. Like these people aren't inherently <laughs> like good or bad. They're just, right. they're just flawed people that are existing in the circumstances around them that New York has presented them. Um, and New York has presented them with a lot of weird circumstances because it's New York. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And what I love about, what I loved about Seinfeld was that they can take uh, an episode and just put it in like one place or like one location and then write like 20 minutes around it. And I think that's great not only because you have to be a really good writer to make it funny when you're just having an episode take place in the waiting room of a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Um, true. But, true. Okay. Right. So there's that. So the writing is just, in my opinion, very good. Um, it was the first show that I remember seeing that where Elaine, who is one of my favorite characters on TV, uh, mm -hmm. she was written you know, when, uh, I believe when Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like they were having trouble, they're like, we don't know how to write for Elaine. Um, and she was like, just write me like one of the guys. Um, and mm. so they made her just as flawed, just as like getting into the same kind of shenanigans. And I love that because I think a lot of other representations of women on television at that time we're mm. kind of just like, she's just there to be like, oh no, what did you guys get into? You know, whereas <laughs> like, yeah. this shit's happening to Elaine too. Like she did something stupid and fucked up. She's just as petty, you yeah. know, like the, um, the, the soup Nazi episode, which is uh, a lot of people's favorite when, yeah. you know, she finds his recipes in the armoire. She goes back there <laughs> at the end of the episode to throw it in his face, like a petty <laughs> bitch. And I'm like, yep, that is exactly <laughs> what, a New York like she you know yep. seeing like flawed people like that I think growing up made me feel like you know it was okay to not like be that way obviously you should be nice to people but like <laughs> you know 
<laughs> we didn't get our moral compass from Seinfeld. Right. That Don't is, get me wrong. Okay I'm not I'm not learning how to be like a better person from that show. It's more like <laughs> but uh you know, it was just kind of something I could laugh at because I was just like, "Oh yeah, you know that totally happens too." Or like, you know, just like some of the mundane shit that would happen yeah. on that show. Yeah. Um you know, it's just, it was just like so relatable. Like the guy that gave Jerry like a suit once and he's like, I'll, I'll take you out to dinner. And the guy was being like choosy about like what consi- consisted of dinner. Right, like just right. sh- like shit like that. Or that time, like uh, I always make fun of my sister because it was an episode where George accidentally swallows a fly. Uh, oh yeah do you remember that and he's just like what do i do what can happen (laughs) and that is literally like shit my sister would like say in a panic you know like what's up you know so um it's so it's it's hard for me i'm not gonna lie i so growing up i loved seinfeld but as an adult i really struggle to sit through it like i i'm not really sure why i know i'm not really sure why i think as i've gotten older like the cringiness of it like is really really hard I also recognize like uh, just like as a human I get super emotionally attached to my tv characters which is why like for the longest time I did not watch season either two or three I'm blanking right now of friends uh Mm -hmm. because that's when Ross and Rachel break up spoiler for anybody who's never seen it um it's when they break up and I'm so emotionally attached I'm still angry about so much of that that I like won't watch it because I can't sit through it um right so I think for Seinfeld, I really struggle with like that cringiness of it, which I do also love because if you ask me, Kramer is arguably the most oh my New God. York type person you'll ever meet. Like, yes, Elaine is is super relatable. She is she's, she's like, the New York woman. Yes, I was just gonna say she's the yeah. the strong New York woman that 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 actually does exist. But Kramer is the New Yorker you are more likely to encounter like on the subway or in a oh, bodega. Yeah. So I always really appreciated appreciated that about him but like I don't know it's just it's really it's really cringy I will say this about Seinfeld it's probably the first time like growing up that I remember on tv seeing some type of relationship between like right a woman just being friends with guys but also yeah having had slept with one of those men and just being friends yeah I didn't even think about that actually um that's right they barely touch on it and Mm -hmm. I think they touch on it a couple times throughout the series again. And what's so funny is like you, it's one of those shows that you watch and you're like, Oh, those two are like made for each other. They're both fucking assholes. Um, (laughs) You know? And like, that's why none of their other relationships ever work out, you know, like, uh, but you don't like necessarily root for them to get together. So I understand what you're saying because Seinfeld's not that type of show where you're going to get like emotionally involved the way you would with friends where the Ross and Rachel had the whole, will they, won't they storyline. Um, but I do, Seinfeld was like the first show I remember like literally like laughing out loud too. Like that's, there's a episode again, another episode where they're all just in one location. Uh, they're all just on different subway trains and the episode just jumps uh, from different subway cars that they're in and they're all experiencing something different like jerry's on the train with the nudist elaine is stuck in a car that's stuck in the tunnel which is <sighs> oh fuck the most relatable thing if you've lived yep. in new york for any long period of time you know and yep. you just all you do is you hear her inner monologue she doesn't even speak during the scene it's just her inner, inner monologue going these people should be in a cage like <laughs> 
come on. Like everybody's thinking that when you're on a crowded train stuck in the tunnel. And then of course, like the lights go out, like it's oh, just, yeah. you know, it the is of, so relatable. The amount of times I've like said to like in probably, I've actually probably said it out, to, out outside of my brain a few times to people uh, like you all should be on a leash. Like I've, <laughs> I've a hundred percent said that about like a woman. I, and her child <laughs> yeah like I- I've said it to people out loud but that is you're right that is probably one of the most relatable things that someone can say inside their head in that episode and, and actually as like a New Yorker we've we've 100 I like I said I, I won't say it for you I have said it to people right but well, I don't think I've said that to people's faces but you are far bolder uh <laughs> But I will say that makes me curious because I would love to know, and people listening out there, again, you feel free to email us your responses yeah. to this if which you want. Which is better. Right. Well, which is better if you watched both? And also, how do you relate to those very specific New York moments if you are, say, somebody watching somewhere else or watched Seinfeld growing right. up somewhere else? Uh, because to me- True thinking about that I'm like well this is so relatable like I know what it's like to be stuck on the fucking subway it's the worst you know so like um you know so I've always thought about that as well like uh you know so that's what got that's why I say Seinfeld is the quintessential New York show because you will always find moments of that that are relatable not that I didn't enjoy friends but I just don't see as much like Fucking Monica, that bitch lived in a. Uh, what was her excuse for living rent in a controlled. rent-controlled apartment in the West Village? She was like, "My grandma died." I was like, "Yeah, what did your grandma do?" Like, <laughs> what was she a fucking Kennedy? <laughs> she had to be like a fucking drug dealer because if she's had that apartment rent-controlled in the West Village, that's the only reason you have it. Like, right. Right. Well, so that's so now that we're actually, it's it's there's um. It was rent controlled, but I also think a lot about like how it is not representative of New York because like even in the show, and again, I am team friends. I don't (laughs) don't know. I think I'm starting to sway you a little bit. No, no, no. But I've actually never, now that I sit here and think about it, I'm like, I, I don't, I think you're starting to sway me a little in regards to, is it the quintessential New York Mm. show? not the better show because I don't I I will never say Seinfeld is the better show but in terms of like like I'm sitting here thinking I don't even know of an episode where we've seen anybody on Friends ride the subway they don't that's another thing I'm like no the closest I think the closest well to be fair well no that's not true I was gonna say to be fair they like lived in the city and walked everywhere but that's that's not necessarily true they take taxis which is a New York thing but the subway is like right quintessential New York it's um, yeah a, a taxi like and I think if you ask most like 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 blah, I'm losing my mind here um <laughs> Anna how many times have you taken a taxi to get somewhere in Manhattan uh like more than not more than the subway but I have right no I have too sometimes you can't walk but like <laughs> only sometimes if it's longer if it's more than like it's more than like 20 blocks i'm like all right i'll i'll i have to get right that's a good example like if you're in like the west village and you're like i have to go all the way up to like columbia or something uptown like whatever it is or you have to go like from like the west village to harlem or something yeah but even then at the same time unless you're in a rush and i would say even if you are in a rush you're better off taking the subway like you'll get their traffic like it's just you know um but yeah there was that uh 
but yeah, keep going uh, about friends. <laughs> I so I think yeah, I just I when I think of like the things I love most about about New York, and I think the the camaraderie of of like things being so close, like you you definitely have me beat. Kind of that Seinfeld makes it more about like living in the city whereas friends is more about your friends right like right. i'm even thinking of the fact that they just like sat in a in a coffee shop a lot is like and the fact that there was space in that coffee shop let's also talk <laughs> about that right like the fact that there were 200 tables in there you know pre-corona of just people on top of each other like is is amazing to me like that is that wasn't accurate in new york whatsoever but in terms of like again the show that when i think of new york right like those scenes where you know, when the Twin Towers were there, the oh. scenes where, you know, you, you saw little glimpses of the city. That is what I'm like. And I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, but do you ever watch like so a lot of these shows in New York and like, you know, these places, you've seen these places, but you almost don't associate with you being in the same place that this show is. Yes. Uh, and because uh, I used to work in the West Village literally like around the block from like the outside shot of Monica's apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I didn't even realize it until maybe like a year working at that building. And I like looked around and I, I was probably watching a rerun of friends and I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, I walk down that street all the time. That's so weird. Like, right. you know? Um, yeah. Because well, also what's funny about both of these shows is that they weren't filmed in New York. <laughs> Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, they they weren't at all. But Both filmed in Los Angeles. Bummer. Boo, West Coast. Um, sorry. I the only thing I like about the West Coast is that you live there, and it's really that I just like you. Um, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> East Coast, Beast Coast, you know. Uh, yeah. I think. I, yeah, I I just keep thinking like, maybe you have an, a good argument to this like New York show type thing but the better show to me is always going to be friends like there are so many moments like I still quote friends all of the time and to me like besides the the we were on a break thing but like oh I, I I know I think like like the the episode where Ross is moving into his apartment and uh they he bought a new couch oh my god like, iconic they're trying to yeah like they're trying to get up like you can't get more New York than that fucking point that 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 like that entire episode right there's no elevator the stairs are fucking not built for this. <laughs> That's there. a good argument for it, though. That episode is a very good argument for it. Yeah, like, or um, being able to, like, peep into your, like, neighbor's window because your fucking apartments are so goddamn close to each other. Like, there there are moments where if you look for it, there's definitely New Yorkness to it, but not, it's not set up in, like, the the plot the way it is for Seinfeld, right? Like, the waiting in the right. Dark the waiting yes. in the Chinese food restaurant or, or like even the, like I'm thinking of the episode where uh, Phoebe is Monica. It's like one of the later seasons, but Phoebe's playing outside Monica's restaurant. She's the chef too. And she's playing her guitar and she's outside of it. And I'm like, Phoebe, that moment alone is like, how many times are we, you know, going places and we see street performers there? Like th th you catch little moments of New York right. in the show, but Again, it's not built into the plot the way it is with Seinfeld. So right. you might have me beat there, but overall, funny show. Or even you said, like, how they can film or write an entire episode in one location. 
Like mm-hmm. my favorite episode or one of my favorite episodes of of Friends is the one where no one's ready and it's filmed <gasps> all just oh. in Monica's apartment. And do you yeah. actually know why they did that? I actually I don't. They um so the show wasn't sure like if they were going to get renewed for another season. They weren't sure how the ratings were going so far and they were running out of money and so they basically needed to write have an episode where it was just only in like a set that they've already built with minimal amount of like you know costume changes or outfit changes or whatnot so that's what kind of became that episode it's like they just needed to stay in monica's apartment and can't leave that set right like they couldn't shoot anywhere else and not much could be occurring besides that one storyline that i never knew that i think that's brilliant i think yeah doing that really like behooves i love that mm-hmm. word behooves certain shows i love seeing that it's like a play it's like a little like a short play or one act play you know um and i just love it some of like i just think about so many other shows have done it for sure too uh and Mm -hmm. it's just always some of the best work because like it's like here's what you have to work with now right let's see how strong your character the characters you wrote are because if your characters suck um and i mean suck not like as in they're bad people but i mean like suck in the sense that they're not fully fleshed out or that you know they don't really like what like what you don't know what their deal is when you're writing them Mm -hmm. that's gonna be a bad episode like every time um i'm obviously we don't see that on tv too much you know i think because there's so many things in place to prevent that from being the case but um but yeah, it's just, uh, it's always the best stuff. And you're right, that that one, one of my favorite Friends episodes is uh, the Thanksgiving one where they're playing football. I love that episode. Oh. But even that, like, I feel like th- th- there you, you catch the glimpse of New York, right? Like, just like an old park, like Rachel went to go get the pretzel. And they're like, where'd you get that? And she's like, I went really long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, a, she just went to go like find a pretzel, like a pretzel stand that, again, I think, I think the more I think about it, you again, New York is, there's moments of New York there. Right. So maybe I'm being swayed more back to my side now. Well, also Friends and the, Friends is just a different type of show. Like it's meant yeah. to pull on your heartstrings a little bit and you root for characters in a, in a way that's like, like I could sit down and watch any episode of Seinfeld. I don't need to know what's going on. I don't need to know what happened before that. I don't need to know what happened oh, after. And it's true. just like this single thing. So um you know they're different for sure in that way too because like I mean I think it could do that with friends but you definitely need to kind of know a little bit of like people's relationships to each other um but also I will say this this is my one critique of friends versus when I was younger until now Phoebe used to be probably my favorite character Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older and watch it Phoebe is a terrible friend why do you say that she's an asshole so like i i watched not that long ago an episode the episode where uh phoebe and rachel's apartment burned down oh yeah and we find out that it was really phoebe's fault and she she basically like lies to rachel like once the apartment is done and and the room it's like a one bedroom now right Mm -hmm. and uh she basically lies to rachel about the whole scenario it's like you literally just like kicked your friend out of a fucking apartment like, you basically made her almost homeless. Thank God you have other friends with rent-controlled fucking places to live. But you just kicked your friend out because, like, this down new apartment is so nice and so beautiful. And yes, like, technically it's yours, but 
I don't know, just like little moments like that where I'm like, you're a, you're actually a pretty shitty friend. There's like more episodes in which she does things that I'm like, we should have been way more mad at Phoebe <laughs> than like, I don't know, like just way more mad because she's so like quirky and fun. We just kind of like laugh it off. I mean, but- y- yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I, um, I'm trying to think, I wouldn't say anyone on, here we go, in the sense that they're similar to Seinfeld. I don't think anyone on that show is really redeemable. Ross, by far, <laughs> I could write you a thesis on why Ross is the most top. Honestly, I don't even need to write you a thesis because now we've all grown up and everyone's come to their senses about what a fucking trash fire Ross was. <laughs> um, and I joke around all the time. Also, it's super homophobic. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, his ex-wife, the way he treated her... And like mm. her partner was so fucking rude. But again, very telling of the time type of writing in the 90s. Like lesbian yep. is the punchline of the joke every time. Even in more progressive quote unquote shows at the time with like like Will and Grace. Lesbian is still mm-hmm. the punchline in that show too. Yep. Um, but sure. Ross was just like, my God. Like he is just probably one of my least favorite characters in the last like decade i don't know what year what i don't even think it goes back that far two decades <laughs> that's two right ross decades. you cover two whole decades of fucking garbage how <laughs> dare you you know we all grew up and we realized rachel shouldn't have gotten off the plane that bitch should have went to fucking paris or wherever the fuck she was going i already forgot and she should have just fucking stayed there maybe you know married a french guy although i don't know how much better french dudes are but you know, just lived out her dream and said she comes back for that fucking clown who always made her feel like nothing she was doing was good enough and treated her like a fucking child when she was trying to get her life together. Yep. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would agree with that. Also, I love how we, in a way, potentially have isolated any French fan base we would potentially I'm have right now. very... <laughs> I'm going to apologize to any French fans. Um, you're right. That wasn't kind of me. I apologize but we'll, we'll learn I, how to say i'm sorry in french right now the only thing that's coming to mind is lo siento but that is okay not that, that is, is spanish. spanish so we're not even close um uh, i know please what is please merci beaucoup right oh i thought that merci is thank you oh <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> my bad y'all so hey. anyway we're sorry to that we're sorry to our new french fans we might have potentially had in the future currently and now potentially the past so <laughs> yeah i i would agree so this is what's so funny now i also used to hate ross i now understand ross a little bit better this is why like when you grow up like anybody who's listening that knows what empathy and active listening does to a human that's like trying to heal themselves. And then they start like looking at it in other people. I get why Ross was the way he was to some degree because right. Ross was insecure and he knew Rachel was way out of his league and, and hurt people hurt people, right? Like so on and so forth and all that empathetic bullshit that not bullshit. It's real. I'm sorry. But all that shit that makes me a better human now or so I try to be. I get it when I watch that show. Just like I look at Chandler, right? And that's why I'm always like, the line where he's like, because I'm, I'm like, hopeless and desperate for love. Like that, like when he's proclaiming it. Yeah. Like that is, that is Chandler's inner being coming out in, in that show, right? Like that's why he uses humor. And that's like, cause it all comes down to when his mom was sleeping with the pool boy. 
and his <laughs> dad was sleeping with the pool boy. Pool boy, right? Like more jerky, Mister Chandler. Like it's it's all because he needed a way to cope through the rest of his life from the immense pain that he had ever felt. I'm kind of ruining Friends because I've now honestly that show ruins itself for people, so don't worry. <laughs> um but yeah just like I think it's just so funny when we maybe and that's why maybe I struggle with Seinfeld because my ability to to connect or empathize and just not feel cringy just doesn't exist besides Elaine besides Elaine that's really the only person I look at and I'm like yeah you're a boss I can get behind you but like George oh dude if you don't like, if George is too cringy for you, then I imagine you don't like Curb Your Enthusiasm because that is essentially the George Costanza show. I I can like sit through some episodes of Curb. That not, is not insane. I can't yeah. see, I can't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because same for the people that don't know, it's the same creator writer of Seinfeld, except he's essentially taken the George Costanza character and made it the center of the show, who is this anxious like again curmudgeon type of guy that is just like awkward and like it's definitely has its funny moments but that is like see the reason i think seinfeld works is because you take these four different characters that have all these like weird little flaws and quirks and like that is essentially your like center friend group i guess uh but you isolate the george costanza character and make him the center of the show and curb your enthusiasm and that just like doesn't work that's like if we give kramer his own show um you know i don't (laughs) there's certain things that work well in an ensemble and i think people did this you remember friends had joey which was the spinoff like that didn't work to no one's surprise because joey works in the ensemble i don't want to watch a half hour of fucking that character just bopping around that guy's dumb like yeah you know and he progressively got dumber which i I know which was a little annoying um but so one of my favorite episodes is also this is a hot take too for the thanksgiving episodes is the last thanksgiving where you know where everyone's late and uh monica cooks the the thanksgiving dinner and uh the four of them show up late oh you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and uh they're like uh it's like i got mugged and they stole my pocket like so many <laughs> so many iconic quotable lines from that show are like um where Monica's like, all right, go get the pies. And the girls didn't get the pies, but because they were at the, the beauty pageant for Emma and they hand her the trophy and they're like, oh, the pies? We thought you said fries. And they're like, <laughs> and Monica's like, little Miss Darling. And Rachel's like, congratulations. Like, it's so, it's just so quotable, well, but, but he is so dumb in that episode. Like you really see it and it's kind of cringy. Yeah. Uh, so I, will I say- get it. excuse me all the actors on um friends were really fucking good actors like yeah that that's what made that show like even for all of its glaring flaws that you definitely now see more than ever as time has Mm -hmm. gone by um you know as with a lot of those shows again from the 90s um you know uh that that kind of makes it a little more tolerable i uh, i had a theory that um you know anybody who started watching friends now that didn't watch it on the first run when it was airing probably wouldn't like it um and i've shown uh my girlfriend janelle i've shown her a couple episodes uh and she's she's enjoyed what she's seen so far but i don't know if that's because again she already is going into it understanding like you know this is this is was of its time mm-hmm. um you know but it's interesting i don't know um i i I do oh yeah go ahead 
No, no, I was just going to say, I would also like to just say shout out to to us for using between curmudgeon and behoove. We're just like dropping SAT words all throughout this episode. Can oh we my just, God. like our English teacher, our honors English teacher, wait, was it honors or, yeah, it was honors English, would be so proud of us right now. Who did you have for honors English? Because I feel like we had a different experience. You were in my honors English class. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm not that stupid. I forgot because I took honors English, yes, with you, Anna, and that was a great class. He would be very <laughs> proud. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Um, but I was confused because I took AP English the year after, um, and yeah. that was like a bad experience, not because I couldn't do the work, but because of other circumstances, which the, that's not the type of show I want to run. So um, <laughs> It's not, this is a family show, so let, <laughs> let's keep it up. No, it's definitely not a family we're, show. We're under the explicit category in iTunes, just by the way. Um, really? I had to. We curse in this. I don't bleep oh. this shit. No, I'm like excited about that. I'm not offended by that. Any stretch of the bean. I've always wanted to be explicit under something in my life. This is exciting. <laughs> you always wanted to come with a parental advisory sticker. <laughs> I did. This is my moment. Mama, I made it. Um, just, just kidding. My mom would actually not be happy about that. She would um, tell me to go to church and repent immediately. The be- um, Oh man, wait, do you know, like when I'm home and I like watch like the Mets, like, or I'm watching some kind of sport, it's usually the Mets because I'm always cursing at the screen. I'll be sitting in the living room, like screaming, like you fucking motherfucker. And from like the kitchen or like downstairs, my mom will be like, uh, she'll be like, Christina, stop. <laughs> my mom will do that to me too she'll be like she'll be like are the adjectives necessary yeah and I was like I was like well I said them didn't I and she was like yes I was like well then it was necessary um but all that sorry sorry mom we're so sorry Mrs. sorry Cola. so sorry Mrs. Um, Cola. <laughs> she's always been so nice to me that lady I feel like I have to apologize for, for uh, a I enable this behavior but b I also contribute to it so oh my god um all right so uh, other other thoughts on Seinfeld Friends before before we potentially move to any I, other New York shows? I think uh, I had a tourist one time uh, on the street ask me where he could get the cups, the coffee cups he saw in Seinfeld, which are the as the famous, uh, you know, we're happy to serve you cups mm-hmm. that you see. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, some of the street carts have them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not... <laughs> Well, because, yeah, like, I used to uh, always, like, uh, one of my favorite things, which I I think I was telling you about this earlier this week, but I like to get off the train to go to when I'm going to work, mm-hmm. stop at the little cart, mm-hmm. get my coffee and a donut for, like, $2, and sometimes that's, by the way, if you're in New York and you want to find those cups and you haven't seen them yet, some of those carts used to have them. I feel like diners used to have them, but... I don't know. I, I honestly didn't see them that much. I don't know. Did you, were they like a common a- occurrence in the city? I feel like, yeah, I hadn't N- seen them. Not, I wouldn't say they were common, right. but you, it wasn't hard to find them if you, you looked for it. You know, it's not like one of those, remember like when you would go shopping and you would find like those little brown bags that said like little brown bag, medium brown bag, like, oh those my God, at, those were at every store you walked into, but those cups, I, I, I feel like they weren't common, but they also weren't hard to find if you really sought it out. But yeah, I so basically buy coffee at every single cart in the city and eventually you'll get one. 
And then let us know where you found it. So we can- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to write it down so that when I go home, I'm going to go to like 53rd Street and like, you know, 7th Avenue and just go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. yeah, I think that's where that's where I'm at on Seinfeld. Uh, we should yeah. definitely talk about Sex in the City. Uh, <sighs> that's also- really the show that ruined every New York for us. But also like it's it is New York, right? And it is New York, uh, and I think I was telling you this before, that is a show that treats New York the way a lot of people who have grown up there or even people that have moved there see New mm-hmm. York, which is as a person, yep. um, you know, and it, everyone thinks it's cliche to say and as cliche as it is maybe, and you can agree that it's tacky as fuck, but you can't yep. deny that it's true. Um, it is So, uh, yeah, I that was like really big, I feel like, when we were in high school um did you did you watch it like when it was on or when when it was over my dad did not want us watching that show so (laughs) I would go to people's houses and I'd watch it with them and that was my first experience with it um and like I didn't I was like I was kind of like a dick at the time and you know because you knew me in high school (laughs) I mean like not a dick like I'm I'm saying that because I was like uh like I'm different than these women like that was my whole thing like I'm not I mean I was different than these women I just didn't realize why it was different but you know it's but it wasn't in that way it was like playing this card of like I'm like I like I'm better than them because I'm like not like a quote-unquote slut which like realize like later on I mean you know (laughs) that is just not a good word to use but like there's a lot of like internalized misogyny that you grow up with um that eventually hopefully you work out but like you know that but that was also how the show was like pitched to me in that way it's like these women these are loose women in the city um (laughs) you know and like which is so stupid but I really grew to love that show and I still on occasion will go back and watch it just for fun um because it's it's and that show I think you'll agree as well. Also in, in and of itself has a lot of internalized misogyny for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, it was just like the thing at the time, like even like people, like I'm sure for people who didn't even live in New York that were watching the show, like couldn't wait to come and move here. And of course us like growing up in, you know, Brooklyn, we're just like, well, that's our, what our lives are going to be like when we move to Manhattan, which by the way, <laughs> we never end up doing because it's so fucking expensive and, you know, because all you fucking people came to be Carrie Bradshaw's in the city, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, you can't live here, right? It's too goddamn expensive. But I do, I do agree. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many again, there's so many fucked up moments. Like when I go back and watch it now, where I'm like, first off, like we've romanticized Big so much. Oh God, I know. Yeah. And and our best friend, we we reference her in in the first episode. Um, but she is gonna hate us for saying this because she, I know. You know, she's, she's obsessed with carrying big but what a problematic human like what she he treated her like shit the entire fucking time and yet that's who she winds up with like are you fucking kidding me and not Aiden who like treats her like gold come on get the fuck out of here that is just insane that well, we romanticize this toxic shit but that is this is this is obviously not the let's unpack uh misogyny in all of these fucking shows oh, because we could, we could do that forever i was gonna say i could definitely do that for quite a while but i what i love what you said is that sex and the city you know new york is its own character in the show right like it's the fifth friend so to speak um yeah 
but like one of the best lines is you know there's an episode where big is trying to he's like he's like you know i'm tired of new york like i want to go i think i need to go to california and carrie is so offended that you know he could ever leave such a place like to ever leave new york for such a place like the west coast right like which, wow, I feel like yeah. you're attacking me right now. No, no, I'm like, I was like, as I was saying, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, she's gonna think I'm talking about. It. But no, but very rude. <laughs> Carrie says the best line, the one of the best lines in the show to me, which is she's like, if you're tired of New York, you take a Napa, you don't go to Napa, and that like line That's is so is cute. Such, but have you ever heard of more New York, like, like in love with New York? infatuation like right like why the fuck would you ever leave this place like why would you go to california which is is completely different from this space and that's the whole point but she's like so confused as to why he's not in love with everything this city has to offer because she as she always has said throughout the entire show right such a love affair with it right and uh i definitely agree like New York is just such and like that's the part that I can relate to and that's why when I'm homesick that is one of the shows I will throw on because of like Mm -hmm. just to see like how enamored she is with the city and remember that like oh yes like that's my home and Mm -hmm. like I get so proud to tell people like I'm from New York City I'm from Brooklyn like the metropolitan area we consider obviously all of New York City but like um you know and she's she's definitely because like I, I forgot where i heard this I, this is not my i don't want to like take credit for this but uh i don't know if i heard it on a podcast or i read it in a book but it was uh somebody said like new york is like something that should not be a thing right there should not be a place where a bodega is open for at 24 7 where i where i know when i land and get off my plane when I come home, I can roll into a 24-hour deli and get a bacon, egg, and cheese at 3 in the morning. Where? Yeah. Should, why should that be a thing? That shouldn't be a thing. Right. Bars should not be open till like, 5 a.m. You know, you <laughs> should not be able to get whatever you're desiring at any point in time. And that is right. New York. Like, you will, if you want something, and this sounds very, like, druggy, but I'm not talking mm-hmm. about it in the drug sense. I'm talking about it just strictly in the you know, this is what I'm looking for. God, now it sounds like paid sex. I'm not talking about that either. (laughs) I'm talking about like, if you feel like having an omelet, now I'm just talking about food. I think really what I miss, (laughs) I I miss being able to eat eggs at 3am, which if I'm being honest and stop being a lazy bitch, I could just open my fridge and make myself eggs at 3am. Well, what I think is funny, you said like the drug thing. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, you could easily get weed at one o'clock in the afternoon on any given day, but to get a bacon, egg and cheese at 3am anywhere else is like kind of hard. So that is a good point. Like if you, if whatever your heart desires to some right. degree at, at not normal hours of the day, New York does give it to you. And and it's funny you say this because I, I often think of not, that's what kind of like sucks you in to New York, right? Like the rhyme or reason to things or how the rest of the world works does not exist in this bubble, right? Right. We, we go out at, at 11.30 at night. Well, speak for <laughs> yourself. I'm old as fuck now. I don't want to go no, outside. No, not anymore. But right, like, I, like I'm talking about just like when we were younger. And yes, yeah, yeah. Not, not looking. Well, you were just talking about making eggs at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Listen, I am up at 3 a.m. sometimes. Maybe I want eggs. Well, okay. So yeah, we're just not leaving our fucking apartment. I hear you loud and clear. Um, 
But yeah, I think a lot of the times we, just the way in which New York has crafted our mind to be like, this is normal is 100% right. not normal, but that's what sucks you into her in some degree, right? I call her a her. I would just like to say, I do believe that New York is non-gender or non-binary. I'm, I'm 100% with that, but I'm just using she right. as just what to reference her because I often do think of her as a she. she I often think of her as a, as a she as well. Um, really? Yeah, that's actually so funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I used to joke because it was like, well, that makes perfect sense because I'm always in love with women that treat me like shit. Um, uh, which is by the way also just gonna say my girlfriend does not treat me like shit and she's wonderful and that is mostly a joke of things of the past but um you know but but yeah you're right like you're right we we were like conditioned to like I I think how I'm pretty sure and that the even the Rite Aid on the corner by my house was a 24-7 Rite Aid Mm -hmm. like even if I've felt like like seriously like anything like you can find anything like it's just if you want to go see a weird show even at yeah. a, you know at like on you're like you think your night's coming morning. right like when I first moved out to LA um you know I I had some I have a lot of transplant friends out here because I think we do a lot of coast switching a lot of LA people mm-hmm. end up in New York and vice versa um mm-hmm. you know uh when I would go out like with some of those friends when I first came here they're like uh the bars close at like midnight and Whoa. yeah and like I've, I don't drink anymore but like um you know I would just be hanging out with them and I like couldn't believe I was like oh it's only midnight and they're like well we're going to an after hours place that's like a real big thing out here and I was like well I can't fucks with that because I don't know you know what <laughs> you know like that's not my scene anymore mm-hmm. but like you know that's kind of like the well, thing what but- does that mean I, I, after hours, I honestly like I can't even tell you because I couldn't you know I couldn't make my let myself go there but you know it's just kind of another place where the party quote-unquote kind of keeps going if you're partying at a bar um huh. you know and that's like but at the same time it's like <laughs> <laughs> in New York we call that a diner <laughs> or another like bar, bar because it's only midnight what the fuck are you doing there's like 10 what? other bars that are going to be open till there is a bar in Brooklyn that is open 24 i think i think it's still open i don't know about this but all i know is at 6 a.m that bar was open so (laughs) you just completely blew up that person's front good job cole and i didn't i didn't give the name of the bar and listen if you're going to the bar at 6 a.m you gotta go elsewhere because you got a whole host of other problems (laughs) but uh maybe direct you to therapy no um i think so that, when I say like that's the diner in New York is because like if the bar is closing it's four thirty in the morning and at that point you're probably hungry because you didn't eat we ate we eat this is so fucking weird to me we would go out right like we would eat dinner at nine o'clock mm-hmm. to then go to the bar at a, at like eleven thirty midnight like why are we eating dinner at, now I'm like if I like say to my roommate like oh it's seven thirty you know I really shouldn't eat anymore after this yeah. Like, uh, I want to sit in my stomach and walls. I was eating fucking whole meals at 10 o'clock. At well, yeah. Well, because you, well, first of all, you got to coat your stomach. Like made that mistake <laughs> way too many times. And, uh, but also, you know, and that's kind of like, I would say that's what sex in the city though. Right. Brings yes. to what we're talking about. Right. It's that mm-hmm. element that, you know, if you're younger, like we were, when we started watching it, it was like, that's the life I want. It seems like glamorous, like to just traipse about the city. Ooh, that's another SAT word right there. Um, 
hell yeah, we got this going on. Also, what would, what character would you say you were? Oh God. Well, first of all, I'll tell you what character everyone said I was, which was Miranda, which is <laughs> funny because she, Cynthia Nixon, is a lesbian. Um, well, yeah. And uh, I, I liked that because um, I thought that was fitting, right? They, they just used to say that because I was sarcastic and mean. Um, but also fitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, but you know, like Charlotte was annoying as fuck because, like, love Charlotte. She's also just the like Taylor gang banged in the park. <laughs> <laughs> No, not that Elizabeth Taylor. My Elizabeth Taylor. For anybody who does not know the context, Elizabeth Taylor was the name of her dog. Charlotte was the only character I didn't like because I'm like, ah, you're so annoying. Like, she was so, like, privileged to the point where it was, like, painful. I mean, they all were. Besides, I I think the brokest bitch out of all of them was Carrie. Right. Her entire rent, as she says, was in her closet filled with shoes. Yeah, okay. So that's another thing I want to talk about because <laughs> we're like, we definitely don't have time to delve into that. But, um, you know, that impulsive spending habit like that, like mm-hmm. how, how often do we do that? You know, like, because like, also, yeah, I have questions for Carrie. Like if your <laughs> rent was in your closet with your shoes, like what, like how, what was her salary? Like, where did she live? Do we know that? Like where in Manhattan she lived? Yeah, actually, I do. I, I'm going to look it up. But even like, what did she get paid? $100 a word? <laughs> right. For, for, for her for her column? Um, like, I think about that all the time. I couldn't help but wonder, would I be evicted at the end of the year? <laughs> she lived, I feel like she lived, it was a brownstone. I remember that. But I guess yeah. the... It's between Park and Madison. The idea is that she Get the fuck out. She afforded a place on a publisher's salary. Not not even, she was a writer. She wasn't even a publisher. What am I saying? Yeah, Um, she she lived technically in the Upper East Side, I believe. I will say what I related to a lot, and I still do, is the fact that she never used her kitchen for cooking. My kitchen is currently my office. um, (laughs) Because I still don't cook. Uh, And I appreciated that because I'm like, she's a working woman like that's what I would rather that's what I would rather be I mean when I was growing up you know like it, at least I, I got that like picture in front of me where it was like cool like I don't you know I mean sure she chased big around for x amount of time which was terrible but you know um I also want to say that that whole I have seen multiple episodes where that woman has left her apartment put up her hand and a cab has just slowly rolled and stopped for her <laughs> Has that ever happened to you when hailing a cab? Because I've had cab drivers be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, Brooklyn. He's like, no. And then drive Get away. The fuck out. Yep. Get the fuck out. Yeah, no. That is arguably out of everything we've talked about thus far in all these shows, being able to afford rent, like with, or being able to afford all these shoes and living on the upper, like east side. And then what did, what did we say was unrealistic? The rent controlled apartment. That is probably the most inaccurate shit I've ever seen in a TV show ever. Like, so inaccurate. It takes, it takes, it once took me like 20 minutes to get a cab. And I remember at one point I just started walking with my hand up to be like, hey, you know, there eventually one will start, but I might as well at least keep walking in the direction of where I have to go. It's just, it was fucking freezing outside. It's just so miserable. That's why Uber and Lyft made such a killing in New York because taxi cabs, I'm not going to lie, y'all got a little too fucking arrogant. 
Well, yeah, because again, it was shit like that where it's like, well, my shift's almost over. I don't want to drive to Queens or, you know, like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't know like what, I can't even begin to think what it must be like. And I have also ruined my fair share of New York City cabs. So, um, <laughs> but honestly, you maybe don't, <laughs> you don't want me to get sick. Don't drive like that. <laughs> I mean, also, I always say, like, you know, you and I talk about these New York moments, and I always think, like, it happened pre-coronavirus, obviously, but I was in a cab, uh, where, where was I coming back from? I think I, like, uh, slept at my friend's house in the city, and I was, I, I took it, I wound up taking an Uber back to Brooklyn, and uh, I almost, the guy was driving on the West Side Highway, and he kind of like went to go merge and we almost got hit by another car. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to die. And I was just like, Oh, it feels so good to be home. Like if you haven't been in the back of a cab and thought I'm about to die in New York, like, did you even really go to New York? Like that to me is like a New York moment. That is so funny. You mentioned that because I've had, I I Uber a lot out here, obviously, because I don't drive, but um, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the Uber drivers will apologize to me if they make like a sharp swerve or a turn and like mm-hmm. I they could be flying down Sunset Boulevard and I will not even blink because <laughs> I I want to tell them I was like oh sweetie like this your driving is like like Miss Daisy compared to like some of the way the New York cabs have like tossed me around you know yeah. like um I wound up in some trunks <laughs> yeah okay. well actually I have one more before we wrap up and this I, I, th- I hope you remember this uh it was your 21st birthday this is a great cab story because it's definitely <laughs> illegal. Um, it was your 21st birthday. And let, I believe it was at Turtle Bay. Is that the bar we were at? Mm, no. Traf- I went to- traffic light. No, no. Tonic East. It tonic- looks like there's a traffic light. Oh, that's a traffic- bar. Yeah, there's a traffic light on the outside of it. Yeah, Tonic East. Tonic yep. East. All right. Anybody who's listening in the city right now, Tonic East always smells like vomit. Okay, yep. let's just get that out of the way. So anyway, your sister is there and she <laughs> tells me as soon as I walk in, get everything on the rocks. The guy's like mixing shitty cocktails. He's not giving enough liquor. So of course, that's <laughs> that's what she told me. So of course, I started ordering everything on the rocks. I have like rum and like all this other shit. Um, and when we left, I was doing a classic, my face is on the table in the back. And you're like, we have to go. Um, <laughs> we're going, I believe I was standing at your, uh, at your place. You were out in Queens at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we were all taking a cab back to Queens and I was like out of it. And <laughs> there was already like, cab drivers are not, su- they're supposed to follow the rules. Like they're not supposed to cram like five people in a cab because the cabs don't seat five. So we tried to do that anyway. Um, And do you remember you just laid me across, like flat, (laughs) like plywood across the people in the back seat. And I was just like out like fucking cargo laying across these people. Yeah, I was like, I was like, she's fine. She'll fall asleep. Just go like, we'll be fine. Oh my God. That is so, I did not remember that until this very moment, but I just so vividly just remember just being like cola later <laughs> you because you i remember you picking me up that's the thing because you like picked me up and you like placed me and then i have like vague like upside down memories of like street lights like because <laughs> my head was hanging off the back of the anyway um wow 
my sister and I really did you dirty that night, right? Huh? And that was supposed to be, and it's my 21st birthday. That that sounds like that's where I should have been. But... Your sister is a riot and I love her. Um, yeah, we, should, I, we should definitely I, get her on an episode. Especially like when we were in high school, like I, you know, you, you had like the cooler older sister and I was just like, man, I'll do whatever Anna's sister says. <laughs> She wishes I had the same sentiment. Let me tell you. No, I, I, that's true. She's, she is really, really dope. And actually, she's the reason, this is so funny, full circle, she's the reason um, I started watching Sex and the City because it was easily her favorite show in the entire world. Um, and to this day, like her and I will watch it together. But it's we talk about all the time that there's so many, even that show, like they never fucking hopped on a subway. Like I don't remember an episode where they did that. But there's so many parts of the, like, that show where I always just loved that they were in like they were they were in New York City and did New York City things the way you and I would similar to like Seinfeld not so much friends but right like they would go to meatpacking district or they would go out in West Village like they would they would talk about the personality traits of all of these neighborhoods yeah like I loved especially like you know that was also one of the first shows where we saw a very like actively gay character right like outside will and grace which audible mentioned to will and grace um cole and i can, can do an entire episode probably on new york city will and grace and lgbtq identifying things right <laughs> um but uh that was really one of the first shows in which we saw like a gay two gay characters or predominant gay characters be regarded so like positively um and don't forget uh samantha was a lesbian for a hot minute she sure was. She Actually, sure was. that's another issue I have with some of these 90s shows, too, yeah. is that they'd say she was a lesbian. It's like, you can be, like, gen, like attracted to multiple, like, bisexuality oh, is yeah. completely erased, and, you know, that's the story as old as time, unfortunately. Well, we know sexuality is now a spectrum. Right. I teach, I teach my students all the time about the gender-bred person, which, uh, have you ever heard of that? No, I, I love this, it. though. Yeah, it breaks down like gender, sexuality, and like how these things are all spectrum me. There you'll you'll actually hear a lot from especially the trans uh or trans community saying that uh they don't love the gender bred person because it does so explicitly talk about gender mm, yes. to some degree, especially like biological sex. But I will just always say like in regards to that is like this is what this like the gender bred person, especially there's a 2.0, uh it was what started a lot of these conversations that we have now. So like being trans is a relatively new, it was always a thing, right? But the conversation around it is relatively new that we're, people are still trying to understand and, and learn about. So to me, it's like, if this is a, a something that helps the gateway for that conversation to exist and be better now, similar to like the TV shows we're talking about, right? Like it was a show for their time. That was a research study or a product of a research study for its time that helps people who don't understand trans things or trans people helps them understand how gender sexuality and identities work so I don't shit on it I also don't say it's the end-all be-all but all of that to say yes Samantha easily could have been into women slash been into women and men or whomever right especially because she was so sexually expressive like yeah like I was just like why can't we just say Samantha like fucks everybody that's great like <laughs> She's so honestly, I am like a hybrid between like just identifying. I, I I didn't growing up. I was very much like a. I said I was more of a Charlotte. Oh no! Like, 
Yeah, I, I was definitely more of a Charlotte, but honestly, I am Samantha, like just being more comfortable in my own skin now. But I am a mix. I would say I'm a mix between Samantha and Charlotte, right? Like, because uh, Charlotte, what I love about her is that she's this like hopeless romantic, just like like always positive, and that's probably because she was so fucking privileged. But like, <laughs> what, what did you fucking know about oppression and struggle, Charlotte? Yeah, like um, her biggest problem was like her dog ate her like duvet cover. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, no, actually, well, her biggest problem in the show technically was that her husband couldn't get her dick up. But then she found Harry, so we were all good. But right. I, I think, I think, like, um, I, I definitely identify as that, like, positive, like, happy-go-lucky, like, everything is great, love is love, like, I love love, like, so I definitely get that, but I'm also very much a Samantha, where I'm like, fish gotta swim, birds, birds gotta eat, girls gotta fuck, like, I, I love that, <laughs> so, um, that's I, I I'm I'm definitely a hybrid of the both, but that's only because I'm more comfortable in my skin now to be able to like admit that. Um, right. Like I said, I I've always wanted to be something explicit before. I've always wanted to be rated TVMA. And now you got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note. On that now note. That we, now that we know Anna's a whore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I would never call you that um also because i think that's those words are bullshit but we can even do an episode on that at another time um but as always this has been lovely if you have any additional thoughts on any of these shows or want to tell us if you think you're a carrie or a samantha or miranda or charlotte feel free to email us at uh two broads from brooklyn at gmail.com uh yeah, it's been great chatting with y'all. Yeah, and uh, definitely give us some uh, give us some feedback on these shows. We want to know maybe some New York shows that we didn't touch upon. And uh, yeah, like Cola said, thank you so much uh, for being here and, and listening to us. And again, thank you so much for the support. Uh, we will see y'all next week. <laughs>